Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Welcome to The Gays Are Revolting, your definitive weekly news source for contemporary gays. We put the G in LGBTQIA+, and we're here to help you be the best G you can be. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Gays Revolting. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're joined by our regular hosts. First up, I have the impressively lifelike Instagram algorithm. Uh, (laughs) We're also joined by the creator, founder, and subject of the popular Facebook group, I Got Fucked by Thomas Jaspers, and he talked about me on the show. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, we have the unreadable, untouchable Mikey. Hey, I don't like how you get out of this live every time, and you're fine. Because I'm the loveliest. Whatever. I've seen what you do. They just don't land, and they don't... (laughs) How have we all been? Good things, darling. How are you? I've been super lonely because everyone I know has left me. My brother's in Italy for three weeks and Duncan's like in New Zealand for two weeks. Oh, really? Someone be my friend. (laughs) Or substitute boyfriend. Lucky you've got your billion Instagram followers to keep you. Let's let's come. Warm at that. (laughs) Um, did uh, everyone oh, yeah. have a good Father's Day? Uh, well, daddies. My, I mean, <laughs> my family don't really celebrate Father's Day. Like, generally, it's just like a quick lunch. Yeah. We oh, should all send yeah, a link Mother's to Day's our episode before the last one where we talked about our dads. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. We also have a great interview coming up with Harry Cook. So, if y'all are hey. interested, please stick around to the end. I love listen. Harry. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Harry Cook. <laughs> wrote a book (laughs) (laughs) love it save it for the interview (laughs) we had a suggestion by one of our Instagram followers this week which is exciting in the message that he sent he was specifically (laughs) telling us to stop doing the podcast (laughs) please cease and desist done with it No, it's one of the guys I've had sex with. <laughs> Most likely. <laughs> uh, he was saying that it'd be cool if we spoke about how, like, gay people have, like, a lot of non-verbal communication. Like, he was saying, like, on public transport, oh, when you see right. another gay, and they're just like, you know, I know you. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like gay sonar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Gay dolphins. sonar. That's yeah. a really good way of putting yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Have you guys had those sort of experiences? Hashtag gay sauna. Tom, you're projecting. Gay well, sauna well, and a gay sauna. Uh, the only non-verbal communication I've yeah. had with gays has been at saunas, at sauna, but no. Yeah, and you need sauna. sonar in those because it's so dark. You absolutely, know? Yeah, you totally. I mean, oh, yeah. absolutely on public transport yeah. because you yeah. know it's so boring. It's the morning, especially yeah. if you haven't haven't had your morning wank. Yeah, uh, you're sort of looking around the tram, or if you're not in Melbourne, you <laughs> bus or, or bus, whatever other yeah. people catch. <laughs> I, um, yeah, I have never caught a form of public transport and not formulated yeah. a yeah. love story. A love yeah. story yeah. between yeah. you and like you know your kids' names. Yeah. yeah. Who's and my then, new husband? Yeah. Do you ever do the thing where you're on the train and you look at someone, mm. you get a slight look back, and yeah. so you open up your grinder? Oh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you put the, the sound on yeah. just so that the sound. Oh, so they know. Off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is all non verbal communication. I also yeah. look, I am a sucker for a man reading a book mainly because I. Oh, yeah. Really? Really I never got past you. Morris Kleitzman. <laughs> I really like uh, to see what book they're reading. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't yeah. matter what he's reading. Yeah. I mean, I have to Google it. But yeah, absolutely. 
they're reading a horoscope book, they're usually oh, gay. Yeah. I, yeah. I find it interesting because it's something that's been a part of our culture for hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a video game that I... Well, I know there's a video game, but I think I've spoken to you guys about mm-hmm. it before, which you can look up, which is actually based about beat culture in oh, yeah. London ah. back in the days and yeah. about yeah, the yeah. non-verbal communication. It's an amazing video game. You play a person who the goal of the game is just to give blowjobs in a we toilet. We play different video what? games. <laughs> I play like Zelda and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you, you play... have to check it out because the whole aim of the game is you're in a public urinal. Yeah. Men come in and then game, you have to life? assess like whether... Decipher. Decipher whether they will let you suck their dick or not. Yeah, okay. right. And you do it through a number of ways of eye contact, yeah. um, oh. looking at their penis, mm-hmm. yeah. checking the surroundings, looking at their appearance and how they're dressed. And it is all historical parts of our culture of how yeah. we identified each other before we had the wonderful apps that we now have. Yeah. <laughs> it, you're totally right. And it is something that's in every facet of our lives. And as anecdotally as it is funny mm-hmm. now, yeah. it also goes back to the hanky codes and things like that. Yeah, oh, I was going to yeah. mention yeah. subtle yeah. hanky codes, like yeah. all the different colors and their Yeah, and subtle ways of being like, hey, I am. Also, the term gay itself, the way that it went from mm. happy to happy. gay was yeah. a code oh. of are you gay? Gay. Oh yes, I'm oh, gay. Okay. And, you know those sorts of things. Gay as hell. Even like <laughs> looking at characters like Mr. Humphreys from Are You Being Served? That kind of a side mm. comment, and, mm. and you're saying a sentence that would be perfectly normal if it was delivered in a certain way, but it means Just something else when it's codes. delivered. Yeah, yeah. We, we do have a lot of codes and things. Oh, the toe tapping. Toe tapping. Toe tapping under the stall. Under the stall. And wasn't like having We've got a- our own Morse fucking code. We are an <laughs> organized. People. I didn't. I've never heard of that. Is it no? next level? Bit? So yeah. like, is it like beep 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 beep? Yeah. Because that would be with Luke. So like, <laughs> SOS. Yeah. If you're in a public <laughs> toilet, I've had someone tap me before. <gasps> Shut up. And like, no I was. Oh my God. On my and you're reaching somewhere. for the toilet paper and it just like. No, and like <laughs> their foot sneaks in and it's like no. tap, tap. And I was just like. <gasps> I have never experienced this yeah. before. Did you have How sex? Did they, no, them? I didn't. I was just like, I'm on my way to somewhere. This is a quick pit stop. I did you wait to see who this. it was? Don't call it a pit stop. That's grotesque. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <it was>. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the time to, but I was just have like, have you oh ever done God, an understall? Happens. Ever had a little understall fun? No, I'm not a public person. Anyone? Not no, into it. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I've had sex Why? in toilets, but not with strangers. For a very short okay, period yeah. of time, I went to um, the gym. The gym. Um, oh. About three months. The and I did. It wasn't as subtle. <laughs> yeah. A dick just appeared under the stalls. <gasps> oh, really? But like, what would this person do if you weren't actually gay and you just like stomp I don't know. on it? <laughs> like, uh, like, I just jerked mm. it off, and then oh, that was it. <laughs> wait, for real? Did you see what they look like? No. <laughs> God, man, it was a nice dick. Okay. What if it was attached to a hideous, hideous person? Well, I didn't oh, well, see them, so it doesn't matter. I just right. it was a lovely right. dick, That's and so I jerked them off. Anonymous penis. And you know, good. They had the confidence to stick it under the stall. That's confidence. That's like that sexy confidence. <laughs> For all they knew, I was an um, ugly person, you know. What about yeah. when people would have like a piercing on one side of oh, their yeah. like, mm, yeah, well, I always forget which one's what. I, I just think have that's two. still a, I mean, a lot <laughs> of people still, still. Well, like an eyebrow piercing a, or like a, an ear piercing. Yeah. And then one means yeah. you're gay, one means you're straight. I mean, it's not so like, much oh, secret anymore, side. but I think it's still definitely a thing. Most straight guys wouldn't get their. Is it the right side? Right. Right. Yeah, I used to. So is it just any piercing on the right side of your body or something? Because like, I think I've heard it with eyebrows, ears. I used to have my right nostril pierced and I chose to get that one done because yeah. it was like a gay thing to do. Left yeah. okay. side of my lip pierced. I don't know what that Of means. course you had a lip piercing. <laughs> it was squeezed. It was the first rebellious thing I did. Oh. <laughs> and you got your fake little spaces in now. It's so cute. I see yeah. other thing I just thought of is in this modern age, do you ever do mm. the sort of Facebook, Instagram stalk to determine whether someone's gay? Oh, you see who they're following. Yeah. Checking yeah. who their RuPaul friends gone. are, what <laughs> they follow, yeah. Yeah. and then any hint of RuPaul. Yeah. yeah. Or that specifically in Melbourne, mm. I think there are a few key gays that mm. are mutual friends with them. Yeah. Well, there's a, I mean, the gay, yeah. culture, the gay community is like so Facebook networks yeah, oh. now. I'll have like colleagues start and I'm like, I wonder if he's gay or not. Yeah. And I'll go oh, to their Facebook profile oh, yeah. and there'll be, if there's 40 million mutual friends like, oh yeah he's yeah, a, yeah. if there's exactly. two I'm like oh no that's not which yeah. is also yeah. non-verbal the only yeah. like outlier yeah. or like exception to that rule would be my best friend JB mm. yes. who is mutual friends with more gay men than I yeah, what's yeah. <laughs> what was his Tinder profile thing again his like bio his Twitter bio is Luke's straight best friend yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've had a few like gay friends come up to me and say my mutual friends feed is just mm. homosexual men 
and JB yeah. all yeah. the time. <laughs> and he's lumped right in there. When doing all of our standard non-verbal homosexual mm. testing, JB is the one you got to watch out for because he'll trick you. Yeah. <laughs> he's trick you all, he'll show you all the signs, but he ain't <laughs> buying. <laughs> So a bit of a sad topic and a poignant one. We had Wear It Purple Day uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, for those of you who aren't aware who are listening, Wear It Purple Day has started in 2010 as a day for adults mainly, but also for yeah. younger people as well to um, wear the colour purple. Mm-hmm. And it's to show a sign of support for young LGBTIQA plus okay. people. Oh, cool. yeah. um, so, you know, by wearing a little bit of purple that day, if a yeah. kid who identifies who's read about it sees it, they know that you care about when, them. When, what days? Is Sorry, when is it? Uh, the 31st of August. Oh, so a couple of weeks ago, um, but it is a poignant time that that has just happened because we also just saw this story about this nine-year-old in America who committed suicide from bullying. His name was Jamal Miles during the holidays, had yeah. come out to his mother. And she said, uh, his mother Leah, when he came out to her, he was, they were in the car, they were driving along, yeah. and he physically cowered when he yeah, was telling her. So it was obviously something yeah. that had eaten him up so much, and he'd been so scared of telling her that he had a physical reaction to yeah. telling her. And of course, yeah. she embraced it, and she said, you know, I love you, and that's absolutely fine, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so they talked about it through the holidays, and he decided that he was going to come out when he went to school. Because yeah. uh, he wanted to. He really wanted to, to yeah. tell all his friends went to school and four days into the school yeah. term committed That's suicide so um, his mum found him at home yeah and it's fucked it's really it's really so awful fucked. that kid nine-year-old kids nine-year-old kid. for me as we've discussed the marriage equality debate mm-hmm. was a really important thing not for us yeah it, you know it's obviously a nice thing for us to yeah, not be able absolutely. to get married but we lived through that it is for these kids because how can you expect kids to stop bullying when they see their politicians yeah. and it's not yeah. just LGBTI stuff it's um, the way that politicians talk about people of colour and women That's and it. everybody yes. if they're discriminating of course kids yeah. are going to see that they're going to mimic that and they learn that shit exactly because they see that as oh mm. these adults can bully yeah. we can do the same yeah. thing it's fine yeah well, if Scott Morrison can say all this not. shit about people then why can't I like you know it's, yeah. it's mm. really fucking awful I find it so heartbreaking that a nine year old can have those thoughts like mm. that that he was brave enough to come out at his yeah. age. Like, holy cow. Like, he was so brave and he had that yeah. response and he was so proud and he wanted to tell the people at school. And then for it to just completely mm. go the other way and just, it's... And yet we're the one, the, us campaigning yeah. for equal yeah. rights, the ones that are told that we're the ones that are ruining kids' lives. It's yeah. like, no, 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 this kid... Nah. Hold up. Yeah. I mean, obviously this is America, but mm. things like safe schools in Australia, yeah. it is exactly designed for kids like this. That's right. And it's not to teach them that they're okay. Yeah. They know they're no. okay. It's to teach yeah. the other kids that they're okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think a really important part of this argument is about younger generations of LGBT mm. people because a lot of the comments about this incident have mm. been that obviously it's a very young person. How does someone that young have such uh, strong feelings of mm. their identity and who they are and how do they know these things so early in their life? Yeah. Like we've all said here, the focus is wrong. The focus needs to be shifted because it's not about whether the kid knew what he was or what he wanted to do or what. Uh, It's about what the other kids... That they hated him so much. Knew. And that 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 they knew at nine years old to victimize Mm -hmm. and bully someone for being different. And Mm -hmm. that's the real issue here Mm -hmm. is not that a kid at nine Mm -hmm. was exploring his identity or his sexual identity. It's that nine-year-olds had learned to focus in on that. I remember being in primary school before I'd hit puberty, so I didn't Mm. even know what gay or straight really was. And getting picked last every time Mm -hmm. for PE, for soccer, whatever. And I asked the kids, you know, I said, why do I keep getting picked last? And they said, it's because you're a poofter. It's because you're gay. And I was like, no, I'm not. And I said that from a point of yeah. genuine truth because I hadn't reached that stage of development. I wasn't, yeah. mm. hadn't even hit puberty. I was like, I know no. what being gay means mm. because I've seen Priscilla. <laughs> uh, and I'm not that. But the yeah. other kids had already learnt how to pick on yeah. someone that is out of the pack mentality, yeah. and the important so to speak. thing in that sentence totally. is learnt. Like, that is not something yeah. you're wrong with. That is something it's that taught. you that, are taught, yeah. whether it's from your family or from the media or from mm. the news, which, you know, kids are exposed so much more to now than we were because it's oh, a 24-hour yeah. cycle. 
a lot of it is from our leaders. I, I genuinely yeah. believe, yeah. And the thing, like kids have access to technology now, yeah. whereas we didn't back mm. then. So it's more prevalent in their lives. They've all mm. learned to be prejudiced against. And they're learning it earlier. Yeah. yeah. And it absolutely. also means in a lot of cases, and I don't know if it's the, it was the case um, for Jamal, but it means the bullying often follows them home as well. It's not yeah. just something that happens no. while they're at school for the five That's days a week. Yeah. Because I remember being in primary school and like it never followed you home. No, you got, you got home, to go home you're in a you, safe with space. mum and dad. You have the TV. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then I remember getting to high school and that's when like MSN was a really big thing and like chat rooms started becoming a really big thing. And like, that was my first experience of like online bullying for being gay. Mm. And I can't imagine what these younger people are going through that it's from the get go now. There was no safe space. Mm. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. That was such a big wake up call for me as well, Mm. because I was thinking that like in Western culture and everything that kids nowadays are like really lucky because they are more accepted and it's a lot easier for them than it was Mm. maybe for us and like for people like older than us. Yeah, to hear stuff like that, that it is still happening. Yeah, I guess there's two sides to it, isn't it? Like, in yeah. a way, they are lucky because there is, yeah. you know, a lot of progression happening. But in in another way, there's a lot more conversation about it. And mm. this is what the argument about the postal vote was all about. Yeah. We don't need to have more conversations about this because you're just going to give power to a voice of people that, that do hate yeah. the LGBTI community. So a lot of kids are sitting at home watching these debates happen in many facets yeah. of media yeah. and, um, and seeing a lot of people that hate them talk it's about them. And it's so it's, bad. I mean... A nine-year-old kid is supposed Mm. to be enjoying being a child and not having to worry about all this heavy stuff. For me at high school, I think that's when I was starting to learn about myself. I never suffered bullying for that. I remember the few like token gay kids at school and I remember seeing how they were treated. When I was coming to terms with who I was, I knew that I didn't want it to be known at school. It would be something Mm. after school. I just needed to get through this because I saw how they were treated and it wasn't nice. Um, I never wanted to be lumped in with that. I kind of just wanted to like sail through. Yeah. And I, it's not as easy for everybody. Yeah. I feel lucky that I did escape without. Yeah. I think you're really lucky that you were able to see the end of school. Like a lot of yeah. people at yeah. school just can't like, it's it sounds stupid to us now that we're yeah. adults and that, yeah. and that we mm. finish school and school is such an insignificant part of yeah. your life as an adult but when you are a kid going through it's it everything. you can't see the end that's all you know no, like yeah. it's yeah that's mo- your whole you, world. you don't really have mem- many memories mm. before school and everything mm. you remember is in your school life yeah. we talked a couple of weeks ago about my experience at school and i was only a few years yeah. older than jamal when i was on the seventh school camp and all that sort of stuff and i remember just not ever seeing an end to yeah. this torment like totally. in my mind yeah. it was just going to be forever and ever and ever mm-hmm. yeah. and, and i know you know the, the It Gets Better campaign and stuff is, is a yeah. fantastic attempt at this and, and a great start to it but I just wish we could tell kids yeah. and so many kids are going through stuff at school whether they're gay or, or whatever yeah. body issues all that sort of they stuff they don't need this on top of it like, I just wish yeah. they could we could get it in their mind yeah, there is an end yeah. to this yeah. and yes it's really intense right now and it does get better it straight does. after it absolutely does like I ended up dropping out of school because mm. not only was I struggling with bullying but I was just like I just can't do this anymore mm-hmm. like I'm in an environment that isn't healthy yeah. I can't do anything about it and so I left early and started my career as a hairdresser and mm. like when I finally did I was like okay it's not that bad anymore mm. things are much better than it was and yeah I would love to be able to tell students be like this yeah. is about to end yeah. the rest of if, your life will if you begin knew after that this. then would do you think you would have stayed or are you just I don't think so. Yeah. No, no, no. Mm. Because I hadn't experienced yeah. what I have now. Yeah. It was Because that was it. I, that's all I knew. It was school and being bullied every day yeah. and hating life totally. and just being like, I'm done with this. And you mm. couldn't have that experience at school. No. Mm. Like, There's it's no just way. not the environment for it. And as much as we do have conversations about it now mm. and it is much more prevalent for people to talk about bullying, I think it's an intrinsic human thing with our insecurities, especially having a bunch of children going through a lot of developmental transitions in their life. The bullying is just like a natural thing that is going to spring out of that. And Mm. people need to be better equipped to teach kids about how to deal with it, Mm. how to not bully. I will fully admit from my experiences of being bullied without even knowing the reason why Mm. and then figuring out the reason why my attitude shifted when I got into high school and the later years of primary school that I realized I had to be a bully to get through like it's intrinsic in the system Mm. and and I became a very nasty person specifically towards other children Mm. that were not within the norms because it was a eat or be eaten Mm. sort of environment I'm not proud of that 
Mm. Uh, I'm not happy with myself for doing that, but there was no support in those situations mm-hmm. and there was no training provided. Safe schools, I think, was a great opportunity for us to have that for kids because I, I don't think, I think we have to be realistic that bullying is never going to go away, uh, yeah. but uh, support provided for victims of bullying and the lessons that we try to teach kids that are being bullies. I don't, I don't know. that it, I, I see what you're saying by never going away, but kids are socially so much more connected and smarter mm-hmm. and mature mm-hmm. now than they were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And as we've said, when you get into adulthood, that bullying, I mean, people are still nasty, but there's not that in the workplace. You don't have that strong, overpowering bullying environment that school has. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I hope... I, I, I'm not saying it's not there at all, yeah. but I, I feel like at school it's a bit... It's, it's way more intense. And maybe, you know, as kids are getting more mature and uh, more socially aware. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, I don't don't think it will be as poorly handled Mm. and as widely spread. But I definitely think workplace bullying is a huge issue. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because those mindsets, which are so tied to human insecurity Mm -hmm. and our psychological makeup as people, that it's a hard thing to ever say this will never exist. People will always be insecure and lash out and look to undermine each other and alienate, etc., but we can only hope that the tools are given to yeah. children to be able to identify it and be provided the support, especially in our circumstances, yeah. to know that this is a short-term thing. I remember in high school, there was one kid that did end up committing suicide because he came out... Like all My friends and I, we, we had all sort of created a network between us because we all were just like, fuck this. Like, this sucks. We're all being bullied for being gay. And there was always this one kid that I sort of, like, I saw around the school and I was just like, I wonder if he is. And I remember one minus I went to, I saw him there and I was just like, oh, hi. Like, it's really nice to see you here. And he's just like, oh, yeah, it's my first time. And I was like, cool. And within a month, he had committed suicide and it mm. was really quite a shocking thing to go through in high school. None of us had ever experienced Mm. it. And I'd spoken with my friends about how they'd felt and like a couple of them had considered it before. And then when that happened, it was just the most mind blowing thing. How did your school deal with it? So the school held a service for him. Mm -hmm. He had left a note to his parents. Mm -hmm. It had, pretty much just explained that he was done with the bullying yeah. and he couldn't handle it anymore. And so, yeah, the school held a service for him that you, everybody could go to. Do you to. think that your school offered the support, like, needed by everyone? Like, do you think that, like, it was... Everyone had access to that kind After of stuff? After that event, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Like, the school stepped it up. Yeah, like, that's Because they were just like, we obviously haven't done a good enough job yeah. here to mm-hmm. support our just students, especially our LGBTQIA people. Mm-hmm. That particular school has definitely become a well-known gay school now, which mm-hmm. is quite good down the peninsula. A lot of gay students transfer there. Yeah. Do you think that would have, like, sparked it? Like, that I think event so. Yeah, I put it in motion think so. They became a performing arts school, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And, yeah. They're doing really amazing work now. If anyone listening to this podcast is feeling really affected by some of the stuff we've talked about in this segment, or if you just really feel like you need to chat to somebody, please do have a look at the numbers that we have listed in our show notes. Uh, You can give them a call. There's some wonderful support lines there. Well, it's interesting, and I think it leads into a, a bigger discussion, especially about mental health in the LGBT community. A lot of listeners know I work in mental health and it's something I'm passionate about. And I encourage all of our listeners to do research into the topic because there's a lot out there and it's really useful as well. It kind of, it demystifies it. Mm. It also connects you to the rest of our community and it lets you know that what you were going through or what you were feeling you're not alone for one and that it's not Mm. abnormal as well. So a really useful report that I recommend anyone at home can Google is called a closer look at private lives. And I will post it in our Facebook group as well. 
basically looking into all aspects of our mental health, the relationships we have tied into the last thing, the suicide mm. rates are four or five times the national standard for our country. Yeah. And even looking into the effects it has on the trans community as well is is way off the chart. So I kind of, I've got into working with mental health because I struggled with it a lot. Yeah. I was an extremely introverted person um, that hated social interaction I mm. uh, had a lot of self-loathing a lot of internalized homophobia a lot of body issues it pushed me to a place where it became clear to me that if I didn't do something about it I wouldn't be around yeah for much longer um, and it was years and years of built up unhealthy habits and thinking habits yeah, and thank god for jb who's spent many nights listening yeah. <laughs> to me yeah. cry over episodes of rupaul's drag race <laughs> and figuring out <laughs> how we can stream things from the er room and yeah. and stuff like that what really worked for me and has kept me healthy and happy and social and and all those things is being able to really analyze the conversations I have with myself. They're the conversations that I found were doing the most harm with the voices saying, you're not good enough. You're an ugly mm -hmm. piece of whatever. People hate you. You know, all of those conversations. And I would visualize and lay them out on the table whenever I was really down and go, what's telling me I'm not talented? What's telling me I'm ugly? What's okay. telling me I'm fat? Point them out and go, which one of these is not me? Which one of these voices are actually something else telling me mm -hmm. to feel that kind of way. And what do they get from saying that? And it took mm -hmm. me a really long time to realize none of those voices were me. There were things my father had said to me. They were things that really bad partners had said to me. But in my mind, my voice had repurposed them. Mm -hmm. And it felt like I was saying it to myself. And so I believed them. That's, so that's my... That's really cool. I like mm. that. It's not something that I would have ever thought to do. <laughs> Did someone teach you that? Or like, is it something you just kind of worked out on your own? I'm a visual um, thinker. Yeah. And I was actually watching... It's really stupid. But I was watching a lot of Hannibal. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. This way. Yeah, <laughs> this went the other way. With that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And uh, I realized that my depression and my anxiety was a lot like Hannibal Lecter. Mm. He was someone that got inside people's heads and made them think. Have you? eat they today. were thinking <laughs> <laughs> i just need to know that i'm just inching my chair away from you and i realized oh he's this kind of mastermind and for a lot of people depression is a mastermind mm, it tricks yeah. you into feeding it mm -hmm. it tricks you into putting you at risk of further depressive episodes yeah it isolates you your it, inner saboteur it's your yeah. inner saboteur not to bring everything back to rupaul yeah That's sorry to trigger is. you pearl oh. but uh, <laughs> um, if that camera's not rolling <laughs> but it made me realize from watching that show so much i was like that's the same role depression mm -hmm. plays in my life it tries to fuck you over by making you think it's your idea yeah. but it's really if you can separate it from you you can really free yourself i think things that happen with my mental health like i've dealt with a lot more anxiety in my life than i have depression i've definitely have depressive episodes i had quite severe depression in my very early 20s i've suffered with very severe body dysmorphia to this day but i think things that really help me through those is especially with my body dysmorphia i work in hairdressing so i look at myself all day fucking long mm. and i tear myself apart right. and when i get home like i have mirrors in my room but i cover them so like i do not see myself wow. whatsoever i try my best not to look at myself in mirrors because mm. That way I'm not staring at my face or staring at my body thinking this is wrong and that's wrong. Trying to remind myself to love myself at the same time and just be a lot more kinder to myself mm -hmm. when I am in a space where I'm just like, I fucking hate everything. And also with my anxiety, I've found over the years... My diet plays a big role in it and my exercise does. And that's not for everybody, but that's just specifically to me. But a big thing that helps is I found guided meditation is the best thing for me because it just shuts down everything that I'm thinking about. Mm. I listen to a single voice that's just like, just chill the fuck out. Everything's okay. It's fine. Do you use apps sort for of that? I generally will download different YouTube videos and meditations yeah. and stuff. Um, so I found that's been very, very handy for myself, which has been great. Because that's the other thing too mm. is like, I found that voice would tell me not to eat. 
Or, or to eat really poorly. Yeah. And uh, that was another one I had to separate separate out because mm-hmm. I realized if my body isn't nourished, if I'm not feeling physically well, the mental space is yeah. affected by that. And where is that voice coming from telling me not to eat? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, So I'm not really... My mental health state is not something that I'm really good about talking about and definitely not something that I'm ready to talk about on this podcast. But the one thing that I can the thing that I'm doing to try and make it better is um, talk about it more you know I do comedy like I, I, I'm really good at going out on stage mm-hmm. and laughing and pretending like my life is amazing and all that sort of shit and I'm really good at lying to friends and uh, colleagues and family members and stuff and making everybody think that it's really really good when it's not mm. um, so the one thing that I've really been concentrating on lately is talking to people more about it and I find that easier to do when I'm feeling good. And what I've realized is by doing that, then my friends know that it's not always good. So if I, when I'm feeling good, I, I'm honest and say, look, I sometimes have weeks where I will lie to you and tell you that I can't possibly catch up, but I'm spending three days in bed yeah. doing nothing, not showering, yeah. not getting out of bed. And so what I I'm, have found in the last several months is by forcing myself to talk to friends about it when I'm feeling good, they know that Mm. when I'm coming up with reasons why Mm. I can't do stuff to check in a bit more and force me to sort of be a bit more honest and talk about it a bit more when I'm not feeling that good. Yeah, Mm. that's good. Uh, Me personally, being Kyle, that's who's speaking right now. Everyone who's had an issue. (laughs) Um, So yes, me, Kyle speaking. My biggest hang up, I would say, and I think a lot of people would say, um, would be my self-confidence. I really struggle with it. It's something that I'm constantly working on. I think I have come a long way. But it's this whole thing of living in constant fear of like people not thinking anything I'm saying is interesting and like not even wanting to like continue finish a sentence because i'm like no one's listening anyway yeah yeah it's it's been a big hang-up of mine for a long time i mean coming onto this podcast was me trying to fix it just i had to like force myself be like no do this this will be really good i remember you. you was telling us when yeah. you got cast that you were thinking about not rocking up because you yeah. Were so no i thought so. i thought like after good on you for doing it thank yeah. you I didn't think I could go through with it and it was a big thing. It was a big step, like just talking openly about my sexuality and stuff like Mm. that. It was very hard and I am proud of myself for how far I have come and hopefully will continue to go. My family has a history of mental health issues, like with depression. It's something I fear is coming for me, like it's a hereditary thing. Mm -hmm. I haven't had anything to do with depression at all that I can think of, but it is something that is always in the back of my mind that I worry that it's like coming for me and mm. it worries me. Like the Babadook. Yeah, the Babadook, <laughs> yeah, that's a good movie. Or like me at a bar um, at 4am. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess for me, my escape is video gaming. I'm a giant nerd, everyone knows that. Yeah. And it's my chance to kind of like just escape this world and go yeah. to go on adventures in another world and it just soothes my mind, just can focus on something and it just really like puts me at ease. Also something weirdly I've discovered like, this like YouTube fad called ASMR. Oh yeah, yeah. I am so into this now, and yeah. it soothes me. Like it's so ASMR. It's that thing when people like whisper really. Oh yeah. Oh, I learned about and this. And then they make they make the noises and they're presence. like, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And then it gives you so ASMR stands for autonomous sensory meridian response. Right. So yeah. it's when people whisper or like say things Those and cl- make like soft clicking noises. And yeah. now, is this related to the? Is it the South Korean phenomenon of of people eating? eating? It's that's yeah. like a it's, branch it's, of it. It's yeah, like right. a subcategory yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. If you just type into YouTube, it'll blow up. Like there's oh, wow. so much stuff out there. But I remember first watching as a joke. I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm like, oh, oh, this is actually kind of nice. This is soothing. Like, yeah, yeah. And I actually started watching it before I go to bed and it makes you, it lulls you into like, it's it's really good. I, re- I recommend I, it. I discovered um, this because yeah. of Joe Lysett, who is one of my favorite comedians, who's mm-hmm. a bisexual British yeah. man. And he was talking about how he watches videos of this woman wrapping presents. Yeah, it's, oh, I've got to it find sounds this insane. So I found these videos, and she's got mil- like we're in the yeah, r- like yeah. fuck this podcast. It's huge. It's <laughs> really <laughs> huge. We should go into channel, can channel we do an ASMR episode yeah. where we all just. <laughs> and she spends really an so hour wrapping <laughs> yeah. a box, and she'll lay out her things. And she's got these nails yeah, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she quietly wraps the presents. She explains what she's doing. And I started sort of getting yeah. it. I get, yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. realize it had a name. Yeah, yeah. so it's yeah. it's when someone speaks like that or makes the noises and some people react to certain things, mm. it creates this like prickling on the back of your yeah. neck. And yeah, like, it's that kind of like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. there's all different things that 
closet. That's really cool. Yeah, it's mm. it's like some really random thing, but it's just something I've discovered recently, and I'm actually finding yeah. it really helps me it's just. Like Kai relax. was into ASMR. Yeah, maybe that. You got a king. Fuck P and P. You've got and ASMR. I, oh, can I just say I'm really good at doing it too? <laughs> <laughs> I can. I will whisper in your ear, and I will give yeah. you tingles. Like, yeah. <laughs> So tonight we are joined by the lovely and gorgeous Harry oh, Cook. Thank, thank you so much for coming yeah. on the show. Thank you, gorgeous, thank you. like that. Oh. Yes, <laughs> you, you can stay. <laughs> Y'all, <Your place>, Luke. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna live here now. Great, <laughs> right. yeah. come join the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, got <laughs> we have a vacancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations on your book. Thank you. Thank Pink you. Pink Ink much. just come out recently. How long yeah. ago did it come out? Um, last last, last week, I think. Last yeah. Oh, congrats. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. So it's a memoir yeah. on your life being a contemporary gay man That's right. walking through the world. <laughs> we're, all about, we're all about that here. We're all about the contemporary so gay men. Yeah. You're a really young guy. I know. Everybody's saying that. Everyone's like a kinda, real young guy. 27, 27 is 27. like kind of stupid to have a memoir. Like, <laughs> what have you done, really? Like 27. <laughs> lot, like, but yeah, I feel like yeah. I've had a fair run of things so far. So I think yeah. it's kind of a... Boiling pot of all the sort of fun and yeah. heartache that I've had in the last yeah. sort of 10 years, yeah. I guess. So, like, what inspired you at this point to write it? <clears throat> Money. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally joking. I'm really broke. And yeah. No, no, no. I, um, I think it was when I was thinking about writing it, mm. I was look, looking at, like, just old journals and stuff. I'm like mm. this. I realized just when I was growing up, there was no young people I remember looking up to who were gay, mm. who I could yeah. kind of go, oh, they have a happy life. Or, like, yeah. they end up having yeah. a happy life. Like, you know when you're growing up mm. and you, you yeah. see, like you see, like, movies and TV shows? I just never saw any of that. The only yeah. stuff that I saw was, like, Angels in America or Philadelphia. Totally. And, like those stories should be told and stuff but I was like I don't really want that life yeah don't <laughs> yeah. resonate with yeah, that yeah yeah so I don't, that's not like just a happy ending so, so I kind of wanted to like, why do you think it's important for LGBTQIA kids now to hear these stories my friend this is gonna sound really wanky and name dropping <laughs> <but> <laughs> drop it <laughs> but I did, a, did a movie with um, Gina Davis and she's got her own <gasps> institute uh, <laughs> I know it's pretty cool but yeah. she's got her own institute that's um, about seeing gender in media and how, yeah. how mm-hmm. the more young girls can see themselves mm-hmm. in positions on television like scientists or like mechanics the yeah. more that they feel like they can do it so I feel like gay kids if we can get gay kids represented in the media mm-hmm. not that there aren't jobs for like hairdressers and stuff but if we yeah. can give them the jobs of the action heroes as well or totally. you know having lives that are mm-hmm. a bit more three-dimensional I think I just think it's really more healthy because yeah, yeah, if you can definitely. see it you can, you can yeah. be it I guess. yeah giving them something to identify with yeah, yeah, yeah exactly totally, so. totally. writing a book I can't even like how like how do you do that? <laughs> Describe your process of that. Like, do you just one day be like, "Yep, okay, that's good," and then the actual like, did you have help? Like, how? No, funnily yeah. enough, I wish I did. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. People might hate it and be like, "This is shit." <laughs> you ever I'll let you know in a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I um write a lot of journals. Like, I'm I'm okay. like a thirteen th- year old girl, really. Like, yeah. okay. I've like, okay. had so you've since had I was like experience a kid. and practice with yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So I think I I just sort of like went back through my memories and journals and stuff and just sort of pieced it all together. But writing is harder than I yeah, thought it was going to be to actually hard. piece it all together. Write my but, name. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still up to that. <laughs> to that bit. And I was like, yeah, no, it's just one step at a time, really, I guess. So it took about a year. I had an idea of where I wanted to take it. But then as I mm-hmm. worked on it, I guess I got yeah. rid of stuff and added stuff and yeah, yeah. that kind of thing. Okay. So while writing the book, was there a specific story or like a moment in the book that really like impacted you and you didn't? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was actually the first chapter of the book is about me. I when I, was, I was grew up in South London in the mm-hmm. UK, and my dad and mum once took us shopping. It was like near Christmas. Okay. They took us to the Disney store. <gasps> Amazing. If you've been to the Disney store, there's like the princess uh, corner, which is so mm-hmm. fucking oh fabulous. It's amazing. And like I was that's like, it, I'm gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, fucking glitter me up. And oh, there was like, yeah. and I went over to the princess corner and I brought back a, um, it was a Snow White dress. And I said to my dad, I was like, it's Christmas yeah. soon. Mm-hmm. I'd really want this. And he was like, no, you're you're not a girl. You're a boy. Yeah. Like I wrote that story mm-hmm. in the book just as like a, as yeah. like, yeah. wait, hang on a moment. And then yeah. I was looking back and I was like, I think that was the minute that I realized that something mm-hmm. shifted and I was like, oh, mm, so yeah. you learn like really early on that also yeah. I'm different, so I'm wrong. Yeah. Like it yeah. was like a yeah, like ah. kids are told immediately, mm-hmm. and like it's mm-hmm. what you tell kids, I think. And we're yeah. like we're so spongy as as children. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I think that Chips looking back, I was like, yeah, I think that was a minute where I kind of figured out, oh, I'm I'm a bit different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, there it was. Yeah. And fierce. <laughs> 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 you knew what you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry, you're a writer, an activist, and an actor. You're like full triple threat (laughs) Um, and as you said before you worked with Gina Davis when you were like 17 yeah and lived in Hollywood how was that Gina Davis that is so cool yeah can you touch me like (laughs) the hand that touched touched Gina Davis Uh, Uh. no yeah she's really cool she's actually like she's a really cool cool. person she's not like there's nothing, nothing like superficial about her, which is really cool working with her as like your uh, first movie. You know, like, like having a big so star cool. like that who's decent and not a not a dickhead. Like yeah. it would have sucked if I got someone really yeah. mean, mm-hmm. like that would put you off Hollywood. But no, she was just really down to earth and really kind of grounded. Um, yeah, and yeah, one. you lived in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. LA for like how long were you like? there for? Three years. Oh. I think. Yeah, it was fun. Have, have you guys been to? No, no, no? really. Mm-hmm. You guys were I was just saying tonight. I traveled once and I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, LA's fun. LA's yeah. a good, good town. Bit crazy, but um yeah. I can imagine. We're about in like Um we lived all over. We actually lived in like the valley. Yeah. Which is they make like a lot of porn there, apparently. Oh yeah. yeah. So we apparently were, I've never seen I mean it. I haven't personally <laughs> <laughs> maybe. No, I'm just no but, in any. Yeah, yeah. I was a participant once. Yeah, no. I mean. <laughs> we used to hear like people in the back in like no. there, uh, there was like a garage near <laughs> garage. A garage. That's where they make porn in Hollywood. Yeah, in a garage. <laughs> yeah, no, near our place, you used to see like, like a cop woman with like yeah. bleach blonde hair. Really, like, it's like you look like a classic. You ready, individual. bitch? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining you as like a 17 year old hearing this in a garage, like you're under arrest, daddy. Like <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, the police are coming to bust next door. <laughs> so after that, when you were. 22 yes. you came out publicly yeah. on YouTube yeah quite apprehensively because that's something that you would have feared that it would affect your career like what impact do you think that it had and how do you feel about it now that's a good question really good question I was petrified because the majority of advice I got from like studio executives or, or like big mm-hmm. producers and stuff especially in the states well, here as well but um, I was working over there they, they were saying oh it's a career killer like if you come out as gay no. nobody will hire nobody will hire you there's um the roles that you will get will be the supporting best friend who's gay but you have to be extremely camp you won't be able to play any other like that just yeah. which just sort of stereotypical yeah. roles which which is we've all seen a lot of because I always thought there was like a massive double standard because Matt Damon did a thing and he came out and he was like, gay actors should just be quiet. They don't have to come out. They don't have to. Do you remember yeah, that? And he I was do. like, they, they should just keep to themselves. Like they, they can be private. And I'm like, yeah. well, there's a difference though because you're private, Matt Damon, but you take mm. your wife and your kids yeah. to all your premieres. Yeah. Like I don't get to do that. Like, no. And I will never get to do that unless I say, oh, by the way, I'm gay. So that's why I did it. But in terms of like work, yeah, it really slowed down for a bit. I was mm-hmm. lucky it's it's slowly starting to pick up again now, thankfully. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was tough for a while. I think a lot of people still have that strange um, idea that gay people can't play straight, which is funny because I did it all through high school. So I'm really yeah. good at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, in previous episodes, we've discussed you, yes. yeah, the, the trend of um, like totally. prominent gay roles are going to straight actors. Yes. Yeah. As a gay actor, do you feel like there's a problem there? Like what are um, your, what's your take on that? I do. The thing is, when it comes to like, parody of Mm -hmm, roles mm -hmm. i think it would be different if gay actors were getting straight roles then i could kind of see it being fair for Mm -hmm. straight actors to get gay roles but Mm -hmm. we don't get the straight roles and then we don't even get the gay roles so you think of the last like however many yeah we literally get no role there's none (laughs) left so like all of the last major mainstream movies with like LGBT male leads in them, like Brokeback Mountain, Call Me by Your Name, yeah, Carol, um, the kids are all right. The, uh, even over here, like the neighbors, the two guys who are getting married are neighbors. Yeah, everybody's yeah. straight. Everybody's straight, yeah. and that would be fine. That'd be yeah. totally fine if we were playing like Die Hard or like you know, like yeah. Mad Max. But mm-hmm. we don't get those roles. So no, no. I think that's where people are getting pissed because it's mm-hmm. like, well, you can't have it both. You can't say gay actors can't play straight, but yeah. straight can play gay. Yeah, you know what I mean. It just seems a little bit double standard. Yeah, but that comes back down to the argument where non-trans people are playing trans trans roles as well. Yes! Like, you can't have it either way. Yes, my friend. Exactly. You need people representing these roles because they can actually bring something to the character that someone who isn't that exactly can't exactly yeah Yeah. and they win Oscars for them yeah (laughs) and it's like when we were chatting about Scarlett Johansson playing an Asian character right like yeah so you went to rehab when you were 19 due to severe battle with alcoholism and addiction how did you know your addictions were out of control and that you needed help to get your life back yeah um I think it was when (laughs) it was a few times I woke up once and I had a gold kimono on, a pack of cigarettes in my underwear, like no t-shirt on, like no, it was just my underwear and a gold kimono, no Uh shoes, like fucking no idea where where I'd been, like where my clothes were. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) how did I get here? I might need to hone it in a little bit. Yeah. And then it would be like, I'd wake up and not have any idea where I was all the time. Like it was, and I think it was more, I was really, really struggling with, with coming to terms with my sexuality. I came out to my parents when I was really young and um, it didn't go well at all. So I think okay. it was like a coping mechanism for mm-hmm. a really long time, yeah. getting absolutely hammered and sort of mm-hmm. blotting it out. Yeah. So I think that was what sort of pushed me into rehab. It was that or I did, it was one or the other, I think. Like, how do you think you are like, post rehab now like how has your life changed since a mess then? No, yeah. <laughs> I am a mess yeah. I'm worse than ever no yeah. no I, life's really really good I think I've learned that it, you know I can you can get on with life and you can be happy you know I think I was focused so much on getting out of my head when I'm I'm totally cool as I am I'm, I'm really happy lately anyway yeah it's amazing Lucky. it's yeah. so good it's good we like we like it when we people like are happy that. yeah <laughs> happy is good happy is good <laughs> Uh, you. So you're legally married in Australia. I think I think you're actually the first gay married <laughs> yeah, person I've met. Me too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and, legally. Yeah. 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 Legally. And you you fought for the yes vote during the marriage equality plebiscite here in Australia. Yep. Uh, how do you feel to have your love recognized by the law after fighting for it for so long? Is it what you expected? Like, is it yeah. like, different? Like, no, yeah, what? it's really really awesome. Yeah, it's more like it was more like oh thank fuck finally. <laughs> It was like a, just a yeah. massive relief mm-hmm. after was it, it all. Was it something that you were just like waiting for with your partner? Yeah, and yeah. Like, and okay, I think day one. <laughs> yeah, and we got so tired of it. Like, that's why yeah. we ended up getting married in the States because we were just like, fuck waiting, mm-hmm. fuck this. Like, it's just, no, it was so yeah. embarrassing uh-huh. by the end of it. The fact that we were still waiting. Everybody yeah. else kind of did legalize it somewhere mm-hmm. else and move on. And we were just like, nope. <laughs> not for us. <laughs> nope, not going to happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, <laughs> keep yeah. on shooting crocodile. Like, just yeah. Yeah. move on it with it. It was so... Mm-hmm. It just got really boring. It was so cool just to be like, okay, it's done. Right. Mike, Mikey, and, yeah. <laughs> Mikey and I actually are in new relationships. Yeah. So we're kind of the experts of the podcast because <laughs> the other two are not seeing anyone. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, so. Very cool. <laughs> Together? No. No. No, no, no. 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 As an activist during that time, what what kind of work did you do? Yeah, um, rallied. I was in like a m- heaps and heaps of rallies in Sydney. I used Twitter like a bitch. Like I was yeah. such a fucking asshole. I'm horrible on Twitter. I was. B- You're yeah. one of the first people to tweet me. <laughs> me? Yeah, yeah. Was it really? I only recently got it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Thank well, that's you. my Thank pleasure. You. No, that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Yeah. No, yeah. I 
there's something about Twitter which is really cool. Like power in numbers does work. I think the more people mm-hmm. who scream and shout and, mm-hmm. and do make a bit of a scene, it does get heard, which is, totally. which is cool. Uh, so you're also vocal about outlawing conversion therapy, another topic we've discussed on the show before. Yes. How do you see conversion therapy occurring in Australia? Because I know it, like, it can be a different approach here compared to the US. Totally, yeah. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm quite ignorant about it Mm. over here. I don't know probably as much about it in Australia as the States. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do know that it does happen. And I think they're they're sort of, from what I've gathered from the people I've spoken to, they're kind of um, brushing it as a religious program. From what I can gather, they're sort of saying, oh, well, it's a, it's a, we're not, yeah, 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 different marketing Mm -hmm. pretty much. They're sort of saying, oh, no, it's, it's like a, it's it's a summer camp. (laughs) Have fun. It's a summer (laughs) camp. I think it's just crazy that it's even a thought anymore. Yeah. The, the the thought of changing kids is just like that's just, yeah. so, just leave the like, kids alone. Like, yeah. It's just so, and especially it's coming from the ones who are apparently so concerned about children. Like yeah. they're so concerned was, about children, yet they're willing to put them through like electroshock therapy and like mm. complete abusive torture and stuff. It just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. Doesn't really. add up no, nah. at all. Keep on tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of kids, now now that you're married, would you, like, is that the next step? Like, kids, I know you have two beautiful dogs that I stalked yeah. on your Instagram. <laughs> well, see, that's, but, like, are they, they your kids? They're your kids. They're my kids. Or? But the thing is, right, so they're, they're like, they're two really beautiful dogs, which mm-hmm. we really love. Yeah. And the kid thing sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> you started a bit there. But the thing that. with kids, right, is if they shit on the carpet, you yeah. can't put them outside. Like, you can't put Debatable. them in. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, maybe I could. See, in that yeah. case, then I would. Yeah. You can't yell at them and be like, you gross, you're gross, stop shitting everywhere. But no, I, oh. I love kids. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether I'm in the near, near yeah. future. I don't, I don't know. We're, we're young, you, know, you yeah. and I. Like, we we, we got time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. we got yeah. a while. Yeah. Are, are you <laughs> an uncle? Yeah, are you a uncle? Yeah, I'm an uncle. Are you a exactly. That's exactly. Oh, that's what I said. I was like, fine. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm like, I'm, I can do the fun yeah, stuff. Like, exactly. I can take them going yeah. shopping. Yeah. And I can take them to the movies and stuff. Like, and then when they... Them up on sugar. Yeah. And they just give them back. When they're about to vomit all over you. Bye-bye now. Head home. To my apartment, oh, where so there's no kids. <laughs> so much fun. And I can have a bath and sleep. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so Devastated. much for being here. Oh my God. No, letting us just you. have a chat with you. Thank you. Um, yeah. If all our listeners look under their chairs, they will <laughs> not find his book because get a job. Not everything in this life is free. <laughs> <laughs> get a job <laughs> and buy his book because yeah. it's good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> Thanks so much for tuning in and a huge thank you to uh, Harry Cook for coming in Yay, and having Harry. a talk to us about his book, Pink Ink. Yeah, thank Yay. you. Don't forget to follow us all at Gays Revolting on all of our social medias, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And we've also got a Facebook group if you guys want to have a look at that and see all the stuff we like to post <laughs> in there. <laughs> Well, thank you everyone for listening. What a <laughs> what an uplifting what a episode. lighthearted romp oh. through the. I tried to bring us back, guys. Yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah, just remember your community is so important. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. the key. Thing. We're, and here, also we're has, here for you. Oh, and rate and review us. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for you. If you subscribe, rate, and review us, then we're here for you. <laughs> thank you for listening to our podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.